0: All right, Facebook. Hey, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. It's July 22nd, 2020. And uh, it's time for another episode of Joy Exposed. And remember, when Joy is exposed, everything just feels better. If you guys haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, subscribe. I'll actually put the link in the comments. I'd love to get some subscriptions out of tonight. I need subscribers. So thank you guys so much. So three cheers of joy. Let's get started. Tonight, three cheers of joy is brought to you by a boule bourbon. You know, I haven't been drinking any liquor, so it just got me right. It's boule, but I have it with um, some Luxardo cherries. The yummiest cherries is about $22 for a container of them. They are the richest, most delicious cherries. They're called Luxardo. So I had those and Perrier, love me some Perrier. So I had to get some of that too, just to strike a balance because I'm tired. So I got my bouillet and my Perrier and that's how we're going to spend the evening together. So thank you guys so much for joining me. Doesn't it sound so refreshing? I love sparkling water. All right. So first year joy, I actually made some notes about tonight. So I'm going to refer to my um, notes uh, about my three cheers of joy tonight. I'm going to see if I can find where this is streaming on Facebook so that I can look at comments and stuff. You guys, I hope, I know you guys can see me, but um, I know you guys can see me but i'm gonna go and try to get on my um page so i can see your comments before i start the three chairs of joy so let me do that right now all right i want to see comments 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 all right man this is slow moving this is slow moving okay anyway so i'm trying to get to the comments i'm working on that now but anyway let's start with our three cheers of joy so oh hey sheree here for it. hey stephanie i'm at the comments. so very pleased about that all right so let me look at my note i've been making some notes because this is going to be a good week um so my three cheers of joy the first cheer of joy that i have is um the first cheer of joy that i have is for orgasms. Uh, <laughs> so I'm before I even talk, let me drink. Cheers Hello. to orgasms. They are by far my favorite thing to do. So I'm trying to figure out how to silence this messenger because this keeps popping up during my call. So let me see if I can ignore messages. Yeah, I'll do that, okay uh ignore messages okay all right so my first cheer of joy tonight was orgasms cheers I hope everybody drinks to orgasms they're like the best shit ever so cheers to orgasms my first year of joy and I'll talk about that in a little bit because that's my topic of one of my topics of conversation tonight Um, The second cheer of joy is my faceless love. So cheers to my faceless love because he is the real MVP. I've never met anybody in my whole life that wants to take care of me like he wants to take care of me. And I'm so grateful. So cheers to him. Cheers to my faceless love. (laughs) And my third cheer of joy. All right. And so let's see. So my first was to orgasms. My second was to my faceless love. My third cheer of joy is to, you know, to burpees. I made a post about burpees. They make me fucking sick, but they definitely make your whole body move. So cheers to burpees. That's my third cheer of joy. So we've got orgasms, faceless love and burpees. So cheers to all three of them. I'm drinking the bouillet bourbon and uh, with Luxardo cherries. So I'm very pleased about that. So last last night, um, surprisingly, well, you guys probably aren't surprised, but I made a post about orgasms because I was saying that um, orgasms are so important and you should plan to have them all the time. Like probably not surprised but I made a post about orgasms because that's me talking I gotta get out of that all right so um I made a post about orgasms talking about you should have them you should have orgasms religiously and that just means consistently and conscientiously like you should want to have orgasms like there shouldn't be um there shouldn't you should want to do that, right? So I talked about that last night about the orgasms. The funny thing is within probably 10 minutes of me making that post, someone contacted me and told me that they've never had an intravaginal orgasm. And I wasn't surprised because there are a lot of women who haven't had intravaginal orgasms. Now it's it's easier to have a clitoris or the clitoral orgasm because it's on the outside it's easy to stimulate it by your hands by a tongue by his hands whatever but the thing is the intravaginal just requires a little more information and detail about your body and we're not really taught that your, your mom doesn't teach you they don't teach you in school all of that stuff is learned on your own so i I think I'm going to host a class on orgasms, um, uh, just about what they are and the importance of them, what they do for your body, what they do for your brain and, you know, how to have them. So I'm probably going to do a Zoom class on that because orgasms are important to me. Um, Very important to me. (laughs) Like, I love them, like. Cheers to them again. I'm toasting again, right? So, but I'll spend a little more time talking about that. All right, so let's get to our Facebook post of the week. It's Wednesday. Hold on, my camera's sideways. Let me fix it. I'm doing so much tonight. It's Wednesday, July 22nd. And um, uh, I'm going to be able to see comments come in, but I'm obviously not coordinated enough for that. Hey, Terrence, young lady, thank you. I'm sure it's some baby girls in Florida. Inbox me, tell me what you're looking for. Let me see what I can find for you. Ah, go Terrence, Terrence. Terrence on the hunt, he trying to find his baby care. Yeah. All right, anyway, so let's get to our Facebook post of the week. So the Facebook post of the week that um I got, I picked up this afternoon because it just made me think about it. It says, if you think, this is posted by Kim um, Chevalier, she's a listener, she comes on and listens often. And she said, um, if you think that teachers are scared snowflakes, I guess snowflakes was kind of like scared mother truckers because they want basic protection for coronavirus before the school year starts. I'd like to remind you that they go to work and practice active shooter drills. When was the last time you did that? Your job, when was the last time your job did that? So when I read that, it made me think about, we do practice active shooter drills and nobody seems to talk about that. But when teachers are talking about going to school and walking to death traps, people have concerned about that because, you know, we want our kids to go back to school. They're socialized, there. They eat there, they have their friends, they have people who love them and appreciate them and want to teach them. So we, no one argues about the significance and importance of schools. We're also talking about kids are less likely to get the virus than adults. But if the adults get the virus and have to be out or die, what does that in turn mean for the kids? So it's really quite a conundrum. But the main thing that people need to understand is that Teachers are on the front line every fucking day. The police are on the front line and they do what they're gonna do, but their, their expectation is bullshit will happen. Our expectation isn't that bullshit will happen. Our expectation is how to respond if it happens. We don't expect shooters on campus. We don't expect fires on campus. We do anticipate hurricanes because we watch them on the news, and that's if you're in the southeast that you're getting the hurricane warnings or the tornado warnings in other places. So, we teachers are here for it. We go in through all of that crap: rain, sleet, snow, snotty-nosed kids, hungry kids, beaten kids, molested kids, mistreated kids, manipulated kids. We deal with everybody's shit every day. We deal with it. And nobody wants to go back to school more than a teacher. And the fucked up thing about a teacher wanting to go back to school is that we wanna go back so bad because we are terrified at the amount of damage that's been done at home with parents who don't care about their fucking kids. That's why we choose brick and mortar instead of e-learning because we need to see the kid. We need to hear the kid. We need to watch the kid. We need to see how much they've lost being in an environment of people who don't fucking want them. So the, it's multiple levels to this going back to school and the COVID, our coronavirus, and I'm gonna talk about that in a second, but there are multiple levels of it and there aren't very uh, there aren't a lot of teachers who are like i'm not going back into education for the most part we're all here for it for the most part we're all here for education when i had to fill out my survey that asked brick and mortar e-learning or virtual academy i chose brick and mortar because i work at an alternative school so i know my kids are already they're already Miles away from the finish line, even before we went into a pandemic. But now I'm like, we've been out of school, they missed the rest of March, all of April, all of May in school, and I already know they've been set back three years because of what they've missed. How do we get them to the point that they're going to have an opportunity to close that achievement gap, to be productive in society? and not get caught up in the mistreatment and abuse of what they receive at home. My job as a teacher is tough. Any teacher, our jobs are tough and it's not as it's not as cut and dry as we go and teach them. We stand in front of the classroom and we teach them. It's teaching them to teach themselves, teaching them to teach each other, teaching them to know compassion, to have integrity, to make decisions with fidelity, to be good people. It's more than just standing up there. Hugging, they want to hug. They want to wear your sweaters. They want to be in your space. They want that physical connection with another human. That's why teacher. That's why teachers love teaching because they get so much from the students. So it's really tough. I love that Kim posted that on her Facebook today because I agree with it. I'm okay with the active shooter drill. I know if an active shooter comes on my campus and comes to my classroom, I know I'm the first person to go. I know that. I know that my classroom belongs to me. I know that every student in my classroom is my responsibility. Those are things that I know. So in essence, I do go to campus every single day with an expectation that this is the day that I could die. Is that what I want? Of course not. But I do it based on the fact that I've got to show up for these students. And so now we're in the corona and all her glory, because baby, she is not playing with y'all asses. COVID 19 is here for attention. You're going to give it to her. So now with COVID, we're trying to figure out how to go back to school. How to set up a classroom that allows the distancing, how to minimize the contact that the students aren't coming to you for hugs, for love, for just to be close enough to you to feel your energy. These are all things that teachers are trying to figure out. It's easy from the outside if you're not in the classroom trying to establish it, it's easy, but when you think of being a teacher and being in the classroom and the level of engagement that you have with your students, the level of touching and talking, and there's no proximity. When you think of that, it almost seems impossible to do, but we're here for it. We The teachers are here for it. Like this is what we do. So if you are talking negative about a teacher or, about a situation, about back to school, please keep in mind that many of us found our way through the education system. Many of us found the way, our way through the education system, public education system. So we're not gonna talk negative about it. So, you know, the active shooter drills that we have is scary. We haven't had any campus shootings since Pandora. I mean, since the pandemic, Pandora, Lord, since the pandemic, cause everybody home, right? So good. Um, but we have, to, we have to practice for that. And it's, when you have to tell a student that if there's a shooter on campus or we go into lockdown, these are the procedures and they start talking about what they do and you have to tell them, I'm here to protect you. If anybody goes first, it's me because you belong to me you belong to my classroom. You know, that's a hard pill to sell to a lot of people because people don't hear, children don't hear adults say, I'm here to die for you. But it's in essence, it's true. That's what education is. That's what what it's like to be at the school. And a lot of people don't understand it. And we're trying to figure out what do we do to protect our students And what do we do to protect ourselves? And that's where we are. So as of right now, I go to school next Friday, the 31st. I show up for school next Friday. Yep. I go into my classroom that I left in March. Slightly melancholy about it because when I left in March, I didn't know I wouldn't be back. And We had a day on campus where we could go take things out of the classroom and bring them home. And I did do that. But there's a lot of raw emotion in that. The ungraded papers, the students' work, their names, their notebooks, their projects they were working on, their where they sat in their desk. There's a lot in that. And there wasn't any closure in the classroom. For teachers, there's a big deal of closure when it's we're ready for the kids to go at the end of the year, but we bank on the fact that we get to tell them goodbye. We get to bid them a farewell and push them on to the next thing. We didn't get that. So I know it's going to be melancholy going back into the classroom, and I'm okay with that. I can handle that, but it will be sad. And um, I'll have to change my classroom around to accommodate the students. I know that. That's not a problem either. And I have a System in place already to clean and cleanse and sanitize my face mask from day to day and using multiples, so you know it's 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 just gonna be different, so we'll figure it out and um as of right now next Friday is the go live date you know you we go in we have meetings we talk we figure it out, and then the kids will come about three weeks after that, so you know we'll have to see what that's um. We'll have to see what that's about, but we're gonna try to have to uh, uh, figure that piece out. So I hope your stu- your children, or if you know children, nieces, nephews, whatever, teachers, give them all the support because there's so much fear in moving in the unknown. So I'm gonna move into um, COVID. So COVID 19, motherfucker, sorry, I can't even pretend. COVID has been its thing. I've known now six, 12, 16 people, I think, that have been affected that have actually had COVID. So that's about 16 people that I know, like one person had it and they know their people connected to them, another person, their people connected to them. And it's moving like wildfire. So COVID is real. If you don't think that it is, then, you know, shame on you. And you've never had a STD. Don't nobody think STDs are real till they got one. Nobody knows that HIV is real until you got a lesion, right? So we're all in denial about these things, but the truth of the matter is the shit is real. And we have to figure out how, um, we have to figure out how to get it across to people that you wearing your mask isn't for you, it's for the other person, right? One of my Facebook friends, her name is Misty, Right, Ricky, we are like bonus parents. You're absolutely right. One of my Facebook friends, her name is Misty. She is a um, doctorate of pharmaceutical science amongst other things. She's like a brainiac on a whole nother level. But she made a post, well, she responded to something I posted talking about with the HIV and AIDS epidemic when that started, or pandemic when that started, and how people were reluctant to wear condoms, which is true. Even to this day, think about it. We're talking early 80s. They're telling you about HIV and AIDS. Even today, 2020, people still don't want to wear condoms. Think about that. We're talking, what's that, 80, almost 40 years later, people still don't want to wear condoms after they know that HIV and AIDS is a real thing. So think of how long it takes to change the mindset. So we're dealing now with people who don't want to wear a mask because it's uncomfortable to them. But we're talking, think of it like this. What about the people who don't want to wear condoms because they don't like the way they feel? They are uncomfortable. I can't find one to fit. They can give you all the reasons why they don't wanna wear a condom, but none of those reasons allow you safety in your decision. So for people who chose not to wear condoms, they either skated through or they ended up with HIV AIDS, possibly died or on a lifetime of medication or whatever. And that's where we are right now with this virus. People don't wanna wear a mask. Who really gives a fuck what you want to do? I want you to wear a mask because your mask protects me. My mask protects you. That's the understanding of how the mask works. So we have to really pay attention to that on that level. Is me wearing a mask is about you. Is not about me? Me wearing a mask is about you. So that's having that understanding that somebody is connected to it. So we have to really kind of pay attention and think about it that way. Because I can't imagine being a single one and meeting somebody wanting to have sex and they're telling me they can't wear a condom because condoms are uncomfortable. Okay, so you don't wear a condom because condoms are uncomfortable. How does that protect me from unwanted pregnancy, from a STD or HIV AIDS, How does that protect And you think, it's a, there, I don't, you know, I'm judging nobody, but I bet you it's a bunch of women out there now that's got some kids or some HIV because the motherfucker say he ain't wanna wear a condom. How can you be so, not even about protecting you, you don't even care about the person you dealing with to protect them? That's fucked up. So be careful with people around you. If People don't want to wear a condom. I mean, not a condom. If people don't want to wear a mask or if people don't want to wear a condom, don't fuck them like that's easy. But if people don't want to wear a mask, don't fuck with them. That's easy, too. We're talking about a virus, a virus that gets inside your body and mimics your own cells. The virus is so smart, it will incubate in you and you won't even know that you have it until the symptoms, until there's enough virus for the symptoms to become noticeable or for something to happen. You know, so we have to, you go take a test and get a, um, you go take a test and you get a positive that's asymptomatic. But the thing is, you have to figure out how to protect yourself. There's the long gone the time that you rely on people to take care of you. This is about us. We have a whole president and administration that's almost denied that there was a virus out there affecting us or that there was no big deal in this virus out there. And it's a big deal. The United States have been banned for travel in 33 states. The United States is the cream of the cream of places. And now we're like the third world country of don't bring that shit in my country. That's a That mars us. And these things don't change overnight. It will take years for us to recover from the damage that we've sustained under this administration. It will take years, not even in my lifetime. I think I said this last week. This won't even happen in my lifetime. This will be beyond that. We've got so much damage. The other thing I wanna talk about with COVID, if you guys are having any questions, a lot of people want immediate answers. They wanna know what to do, how to do, they want the data, they want, and they're upset because it's not consistent or it's it's fluctuating. Here's the thing with science. Science is ever-changing. We have a new virus in the 21st century. Data is being collected on so much shit. So much data is being collected because no one knows exactly what to take the data on. Fevers, blood types, night sweating, losing your appetite, losing your smelling, losing weight, lung capacity. There's so much data to be taken right now that it will probably be 50 years. Mark me, anybody younger than me, because in 50 years, I'll be 100. 50 years before someone can give you something definitive about this COVID virus. That's not how, science doesn't work overnight. Science doesn't work over fucking night and we're talking about a virus a virus that will change its appearance to be somewhere else a virus that can shit like shit cancer cells change a virus that will change survival of the fittest you got a vaccine for this strand but you don't have one for this strand You got medication for this, but you don't have it for this. We know the flu changes every fucking year. The flu virus is a new strain every year. That's why you're always getting flu shots. So there's nothing definitive about it. The problem is, is that we've been conditioned so much as like the sheep to receive information and keep it moving with the information that we have that we have lost our own ability to think and process that this shit is constantly continuously changing. So don't get mad because the data is changing or the numbers aren't being reported. Think of it like this. If they're reporting the number of deaths, is it the number of deaths that happened within 24 hours of admittance or the number of deaths that happened within two days or the number of deaths that happened while somebody was running a fever or they didn't have a fever or the number of deaths of somebody who was on the floor with this amount There's so much fucking data. There's nothing definitive. Do what you can do to protect yourself. Don't worry about the numbers. As long as people are dying, and people are dying of COVID-19, if that's their cause of death, and ain't nothing wrong with that, let me say that. If somebody goes to the hospital because they had a heart attack, and they're in recovery, but they die because they got symptoms of COVID-19, COVID is the reason they died. If somebody's in the hospital for AIDS, if they have AIDS and they get pneumonia, pneumonia is listed as the reason that they died. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no falsifying documents. It's saying new data, COVID is taking out people with COPD, with high blood pressure. It's additional data. That's all that that is and that's okay. Don't get caught up in that. But as long as people are going to the hospital and dying, emergency rooms have zero beds for you to bring your ass to. ICU have zero beds for you to bring your ass to. you wear your damn mask and stay the hell away from people the best that you can. You have to do what you can do to protect yourself. One of the things I remember from the uh, Black Plague, reading about it, is that when during the Black Plague, now think, we're talking about a time of waste products running in the streets, food not being sanitized. A lot of our hygiene issues came out of dealing with the Black Plague. Staying clean. Staying clean, looking at the people that you deal with, managing your space. A lot of that came from the Black Plague. Keeping your waste products where they go, trash in the tr- In the toilet, sanitary products wrapped in, all of that came from the, that shit came from the Black Plague. When people were, during the time of the Black Plague, if somebody started sneezing, guess what they started telling them? Bless you. That's where God bless you came from. It comes from the time of the Black Plague because if somebody sneezes, symptoms, it was an indicator that they're new to plagues and viruses and pandemics. We're only dealing with it now in a time of technology and understanding that we don't have any leader leadership. You see state. People wanna brush off, people wanna take on these roles of leadership thinking that they're gonna coast through it on a bullshit mission. But for those who are in it now, oh, they here for it. <laughs> they here now to show that they gotta figure some shit out. The governor in Georgia, Kemp, has filed a lawsuit against the mayor of Atlanta and the city commission for writing into law that wearing masks are mandatory. That's a waste of fucking time in the middle of a pandemic. That lets you know, that lets you know how he sees or of what's going if he has time to sue her because of what sue Keisha because of what Keisha to protect the citizens. So he has that. Now today he said. He needs Georgians to commit to wearing their mask for four weeks. Well, Atlanta, which is this huge amoeba that covers almost, well, honestly, it's the city of Atlanta, but because of the way Atlanta is positioned within Georgia, all of North Georgia listens to, what the fuck is happening in Atlanta? And if the mayor in Atlanta says, it's the law that you wear your mask, that means Fulton County is listening, Gwinnett is listening, Cobb is listening, right? Cherokee is listening. All of these counties surrounding are listening because that's the voice of authority that's speaking. It also says that the mayor in these other towns are shutting the fuck up because Keisha is speaking, a mayor named Keisha, hashtag a mayor named Keisha. And I call her that lovingly, so there's no disrespect on Lance Bottoms. No disrespect. Absolutely love her. Can't wait to come and work for her campaign when she's running for president. I'm I'm here for it, right? So now the governor, Kemp, is suggesting everybody wears a mask for four weeks. But he wants to sue her because she wrote it into law. It's a waste of fucking time. The thing that I love is that other governors are seeing that she is trying to protect the citizens of which she has been granted command in essence she's trying to protect her fucking classroom she doesn't have any ebb and flow any understanding of all the things that's happening to the people who are in her classroom all she knows is she needs to protect them so she's putting down a law everybody wears a mask wherever you go which is understandable. And I use the classroom symbolism simply because I was talking about that earlier. So now you've got other people coming. The governor of New York is coming. He sent supplies to help the city of Atlanta. He's coming to help her. He's giving her support because he understands that here this woman is trying to protect and put herself on the front line for those that she has been voted into office to protect he's coming to help her and I love that so imagine governor your principal the governor isn't can't do anything because he doesn't know what the fuck to do so you got somebody else coming to offer support and guidance leadership to get you through what you need to do. That is why I love her. And I love the fact that this governor is coming from New York to do it. So we have to really take all of those things into consideration while we're talking about the pandemic. We are completely helpless here and we're not getting fucking lost on the Karens. We are over the fact, we're past time that these attention seeking people get something from us. If somebody is saying something, doing something, don't wanna wear a mask, whatever, guess what? That ain't my fucking issue. I'm getting away from them and they can sit there. Imagine a little child who wants some attention. How do we deal with the kids who want attention? Well, not all of us. I know some of y'all be like, I'm gonna beat their ass not me. I'm going to leave them sitting there. I'm going to go do what I need to do. I'm not giving my attention in that space. So we have to be mindful of what that extra means to us emotionally, what it does to our stress. How does it make us feel? Are we okay with it? And if we're not okay with it, what are we going to do to keep ourselves okay with it? what are we going to do? How do we protect ourselves? First off, we wear a mask. Second, we live in our movements. Third, we try to exercise. We got to keep ourselves in some kind of shape or we are going to be a damned mess for anybody if we don't keep ourselves in some kind of shape um let's see what else look let me go back to my list you know i got a little tear right there okay oh this is what i want to talk about what are some of the best things that have happened to you since covid (laughs) i know it's a crazy question because i'm cussing her out because she's showing her ass but i was thinking like since covid has happened it's been some good stuff that happened to me and not my three chairs of joy but more so like what kind of things have happened that I'm like, yay COVID. So my COVID um, conversation of what, oh, that's new. I'm sorry, I'm so distracted. So my thing for COVID, let me look at my list of things that have happened that have been good for me. All right, so for me, for COPE, the good things that have happened, if you haven't put them in the, um, put them in the chat. I'm going to tell you what mine are. Uh, I'm trying to get to it because I want to see if y'all are putting it in the chat. Oh, that's good. Okay. So um, for me, no underwear. So no underwear is a a a straight ass bonus for me for COVID because you ain't got to go nowhere. Why you got to put underwear on? So today I was talking to um, today I was talking to Faceless Love. He was getting ready to go get something to eat, and uh, I was like, "I'm gonna ride with you." He's like, "Well, come on." I was like, "Oh, hold on, let me go put some panties on because I got a little house dress." And y'all know, listen, y'all know what the little house dress means. I'm free, and it's COVID. So he was like, "All right," so I went to put them on, like my panties on. It came back out. I'm like, all right, I'm ready, got my little purse. He looked at me, he was like, you ain't put on no bra. (laughs) I was like, oh, we gotta get out the car? (laughs) So one of my great things from COVID is no panties, no underwear, woo, raise the roof on that. That's one of my COVID greats. Let's see my other COVID great. I'm saving gas. I haven't been having to drive too many places. I think I sat on the tank of gas for probably three weeks because I haven't had to, had, had to get any. So saving gas. And, um, oh, naps. I've been taking some naps in the afternoon. I love taking me some naps. A little bird nap. It ain't got to be nothing too grand. But I do take me a little nap, baby. I love it. Love me a nap. So the nap has been good. Um It also, COVID also gave me an opportunity to get kind of introspective of myself, to kind of get some um, understanding of me as a person and, you know, what to do and uh, how to proceed. So I'm glad I've been able to do that and exercise. I've been able to exercise. So those are some good things that have come out of COVID. It's hard because, you know, we just want to chill. (laughs) Now, everybody wanted time to chill and wanted time off, and then COVID hit, and then we all had time to chill and all had time off, and we're all like, damn it, I got to go back to work, but it's coming back now, especially education, so we'll see what that's going to be like. Um, I did get an opportunity to spend some time with my mom last weekend. She and I had a blast. I think that when we get together, we have more fun every time because I don't even know why. We just have had, this time was a lot of fun. The time before that was a lot of fun, too. So I had a great time with her. And then I drove to Atlanta to see um, Faceless Love. And that's where I am now, to hang out with him because he's so much fun. I really like hanging out with him a lot. I think I'm gonna kidnap him. But I mean, I guess I really don't have to now. He's kind of here, so he's stuck here. He just, he knows, he's like, shit, he just wanna be here too. be good to each other. Um, let me see what else I was gonna talk to. I didn't rant about COVID. She always gets my attention. I talked about, um, kemp and i talked about a mayor named keisha hashtag a mayor named keisha i love her talked about going back to school for covid <laughs> that's scary but what are we gonna do we'll figure it out next week um so that'll be okay and then what else did i want to talk about tonight um I can't even think about it. Whatever else I want to talk about. Oh, I talked about orgasms a little bit. And those are really important. Everybody should have orgasm. As a matter of fact, everybody needs to just go have one tonight. Just go and get your an orgasm tonight by yourself. It doesn't even have to be with another person. It's the release. Just go have an orgasm. Everybody should have one tonight. I um, As a matter of fact, I'm mandating it. So go do that do that after we finish this tonight. Um, What else good did I wanna talk about? Did I have any more articles? I feel like I have something, but I forgot. Oh, I know what. If you have um, elders in your family, and I'm, I'm 50, I'm almost 51. So if you have elders in your family that are handling their own business and finances and stuff, Just kind of find you a place in their life to kind of help them if you can, because there are a lot of places and institutions that are taking care of the um, elderly that are taking advantage of the elderly and we just kind of leave them out to dry. And I say align yourself with them and help them because one day we'll be the elderly. And we do want somebody to take care of us honestly and openly and to make sure that we're safe and no one's taking advantage of us. So I've been dealing with that a bit with my, um, uh, one of my relatives that's in a situation. And I've had the, I'm gonna say I've had the pleasure of working with my uncle to try to figure it out. And I didn't realize how easy it was or it is for people to take advantage of you when you are kind of, when you start losing your faculties, when you, you know, early onset dementia, whatever. But so if you have elders in your family, including your parents, um, talk to talk to them. Don't try to just go in and take over because they're not gonna be ready for it, any, whatever. But at least let them know that you're aware of what's happening and why it's happening. And um see if there's anything you can do. So just kind of help them out with that. And that's our responsibility as people. That's our responsibility as children, as nieces, nephews, grandchildren. That's our responsibility. So we have to make sure we take care of the elders and we cannot forget that. So that's been a big deal for me um, this week. And unfortunately, I'm not, I'm okay with it. I have Uh, My great aunt, um, Aunt Julia, died about 10 years ago, and I was able to spend a lot of time. Actually, I spent some great time with her. She and I were together for the inauguration of President Obama, and that was, I actually was planning to go to an inauguration party, and I ended up being with her, and that was probably the best place that I could have been, with her understanding that how significant that was to her that we had a black american president because that's something that she would have never even imagined in her in her lifetime so that was really cool that i was with her and that's something i'll always remember and i'll share it with my kids of course you know they know and um i'll share it with them and um i, I just i take my i take my role as a woman in my family very seriously. I understand that someone has to lead the family to be the patriarch or matriarch or to make the decisions or someone has to do that. And, I, and I'm not even the oldest, but I pretty much accepted that because I am the one that is aware and probably the most compassionate, that that's the role that I'll take in my family and that's okay on both sides my mom and my dad I feel like that's the role that I will take within it because I'm for one I'm aware that it's a role and two I understand the aging process and respect it so you know I'm working on that you know every day trying to make sure that I'm capable to move my family forward you know so it's a lot but for you guys think of where you are in your family who you are are you the kid or are you the kid that's gonna sit back and let somebody else do it whatever it is assume your role and let it be known that you understand there's a role and you've taken it because we don't talk about it anymore and we all have an idea that our parents are going to live forever and we and that's not going to happen Um, Katie said the world has definitely changed oh my god Katie the world has changed like nobody's business I don't even the fact that we can't leave the United States to go to Europe to the Bahamas like that in itself says this is crazy but schools being closed and trying to figure out how to reopen and We've never, in my lifetime, none of our lifetimes, last time this happened was in the uh, 1918, I think, that the schools closed, you know, so we've, none of us have seen this and it has changed, but it it is a reminder that we are here for a purpose. It's a reminder that I miss you too, Katie. It's a reminder that um, we all have a purpose and our purpose is greater than anything that this moment has. The universe has, God has given us our purpose and ordained us to move forward, right? So that's what's on us. So even in the midst of all this, it's still our time to understand who we are and what we're supposed to do. This does, this moment doesn't define us. This moment doesn't hold us hostage. We still get to move forward. And that's a big deal to be able to think, how do I move forward in this time? How do I hang on to my freedom in this time? How do I, you start questioning those things. And I I know for sure it's people in relationships and marriages that are fucking miserable right now because they're in a house with people that they don't like. Children are suffering because they don't have the social connection. They're connecting with their friends through games, on the phone, FaceTime, Snapchat, TikTok. You're right, kids are suffering and trying to make those social connections. And we've got to, I mean, it has to come back. But as the adults, we have to make sure that our children understand that's not the end of them socially. That's not the end of it. There's some other things that are happening as well. And that's hard. And I fortunately, my kids aren't really young and they're figuring it out on their own. Like my oldest kids are working and my youngest child is a senior. He misses his friends and they, he was a senior this year. He misses his friends and they connected on all the social media and play games and took classes together this summer. And But when he could see them in person, he was giddy like a child like there's something about that social connection that is required of us it is a basic physiological need to be connected with somebody so we have to write it out with the kids and to help them understand that we understand that they're struggling that they're suffering in the absence of other people but it'll come back it'll be Everybody will be socially awkward. (laughs) Everybody will be socially awkward in no time at all. Trying to figure out how close can you get? What can you say? Where do you sit? Can I share my sandwich with you or not? Can you share your chips with me or not? Can I hit you and run or not? Like we will all spend the next years trying to figure out what level of social interaction is acceptable. So that um, our children will definitely suffer with that for a while to come. There's not gonna be an easy turnaround for this. And I'm talking four or five years after the virus numbers have die- gone down. And I understand that President Trump has uh got with Pfizer to have this two billion dollars worth of vaccines or whatever guess what in the past it takes about 14 years for something to get a patent before something is distributed to people I don't know how I feel about getting a vaccine I mean honestly and what did I just say earlier the data is changing statistics changing Every day, so we really don't know what the vaccine is treating. Is the vaccine treating the Wuhan strand of COVID or the strand that came to the U.S.? What exactly is the vaccine treating? So, you know, you have to do your own research in that. Try not, some, some people are sheep. Some people are going to take what you give them. Some people are not. If you're a sheep and you're a take what they give me kind of person, And that's fine, that's who you are, is how you were designed. There's not a conversation about that. If you're not and you have questions and you, then that's who you are and how you were defined, there's nothing wrong with that either. But you can't convince the sheep to be the shepherd. And you can't convince the shepherd to be the sheep. So we have to respect everybody where they are, as they are, and we have to move forward. Self, before the virus even started, if you go back, great segue, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, YouTube, go back and download any of my Joy Exposed. The one thing that we always talk about in Joy Exposed is taking care of yourself. Before the Pandora set in, it was all about yourself. You, 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 you. It doesn't matter what the fuck anybody else is doing. Your primary goal is to take care of you. So we don't get to, even now in the pandemic, we don't get to not take care of who we are, right? I don't care who is doing what, you do the best thing for you, wear your mask. You don't wanna wear a mask, keep your ass at home, by yourself, stop fucking with people, contaminate your own space, leave people alone. You don't get to not wear a mask. You don't get to not wear a condom. If we're talking spread and pass of HIV, AIDS, STDs, you've got to think about the other person who's receiving what you're giving. And right now it's word of mouth, your words, your germs, this virus, if you're harvesting it, keep it to your damn self, put your mask on. So we have to really pay attention to that. Don't get caught up in you can't breathe. I wish, this is what I, I I can't say I wish that sounds so mean. I think that the people who swear they can't wear a mask for all these reasons, if they were having surgery and the surgeon didn't mask up, If the surgeon didn't mask up before the surgery and protect them from the germs that he or she has, I wonder if they'd be okay with not wearing a mask. Think about that. Everybody masking gowns up to limit the amount of germs passed. Not to mention germ theory beginning like 1075, 1075 is when the first idea of germ theory began, where diseases started with germs. It wasn't widely accepted until the 1800s. That's 800 years of people not believing that germs were the beginning of a disease. And here we are in 2020 2020, and people still not believing that germs are the cause of somebody getting ill. Come on now, we've been doing this for since 1075 in the germ theory. Come on, we're 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 more evolved than that. We're a society of great people. We have great information, technology, out of the woo-woo. So if you can sit up and talk about how you aren't wearing a mask and you and you and you, fuck you. Simple. Only deal with yourself. But when you aren't wearing a mask and putting people around you at risk. You're an awful person and you're not even a very good American. You're not a very good citizen of earth, right? So you're not a very good citizen if you can't think of what it means to take care of people around you. And there have been a lot of instances where people are not declining to wear masks and they found out they had the virus and then they've died. It's been several instances of that. So we really need to be careful of that. I, I don't even know how I got back on the COVID thing, probably with the germ theory, but our responsibility to getting to our purpose is our goal. The per, our purpose is our goal. This is a minor setback. Some people will die now. Many people will die now, that's okay. And it may not have to be you. If you know that you have a purpose, and you know there's something that you're working towards and you're taking the steps that you need to get to being of purpose, then that's all that you have to worry about. You will continue to glide in his light, But you can't sit still and idle and not understand that your reason for being here is greater than your physical existence, that you're supposed to change the world or you're supposed to benefit the masses those are things that you have to do. You've got to continue to do that. So this is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. It's Wednesday, July 22nd, 19, oh, 1920 <laughs> July 22nd, 2020. We have made it to the second half of the year and we're still in a mother trucking pandemic. God forbid. So we're just going to keep trucking, right? and um, trying to get to a place that we can be better. Wash your hands, wear your mask. Cleanliness matters. Avoid large crowds and just continue to love the people around you. Raise your children, take care of them. They'll have conversations about this in the future. We'll have conversations with them and uh, we'll be happy to have those conversations. So remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. See you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for joining.